This is episode number 125 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Everybody, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you build confidence when you present your ideas and helps you increase your success by becoming a better communicator. Um, This is episode number 125, and we're going to talk on this session anyway about how to design content for your online meetings. You know, a lot of people are doing a whole lot more Zoom meetings and webinars and online training and stuff like that. So this is a step-by-step approach to help you design that content more effectively. Now, this is a part of a three-part series. Last week, we talked about the the, the types of, of uh, meetings that or the things that online meetings are really good for and, you know, some kind of situations where they're not so great. And then next week we're going to talk about the technical part. So this is one though about how to write the content. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Hey, so our topic today is how to create online meeting content to maximize audience retention. And this is a follow-up or part two of a three-part series that we're doing on This was originally, you know, years ago, we created this content for webinars, but with all of the, 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 the new things that are going on with virtual meetings, um, it can be very, very applicable. So what I've done is I've taken some of that content for webinars and really applied it to online meetings, or if you're doing training, especially via Zoom meetings or Skype or, or, um, uh, uh, Microsoft Teams or any of that kind of stuff, this can be really, really helpful. So Let's kind of start off first with with a little review of what I covered on the last episode. We, we, I covered seven important things that you should know about online meetings before you start. And, and by the way, next week we're going to cover a few of the technical kind of aspects, which ones of those, those uh, the, the pieces of software that I've just mentioned, which ones are, are really kind of taking the world by storm right now. Some of them, some of them are doing really, really well in helping people through the, the COVID-19 struggles that they're dealing with when folks are not at the office anymore. Um, but just so you know, let me kind of, like I said, let me do a quick little review. So the content that is suited for web webinar or online meeting delivery is, um, it can be a little bit different from in-person meetings. So we, what I covered last week was that not all content is really suited for online delivery. So certain types of content are, are absolutely perfect for webinars or online meetings, um, while other types can really fail miserably. And, and by the way, that's that's true no matter how good the presenter is, by the way. So if you're trying to deliver content that isn't really geared toward being able to be delivered in an online format, you could be a fantastic presenter and still struggle. So, so be leery of that. Um, I, I give an example, like for instance, any process where you're trying to teach something that is foreign to the to the people in the audience will likely get you a very negative result if you're trying to do it in an online fashion. So, but if the content that you're delivering is something in that um, the participants they already know, they're already somewhat familiar with the process, and you're just trying to to help them 
fine tune it, then online delivery can be fantastic as a way to do that. Um, it's it, so, uh, for example, like if we're going to be teaching, like in my company, I te- we teach leadership classes and public speaking classes and and things like that, but training for for um, things that that make people feel uncomfortable and nervous. So um, even though we are getting some phenomenal results with our virtual fearless presentations classes, um, the technology has changed in a way to where we can actually deliver that in a much more effective way. Um, I, I, what, what we're finding, though, is still if you have had some type of in-person training and your comfort level is higher, if you've reduced that nervousness down when you speak in front of a group and then you move to the online training or the, the virtual training, then you get phenomenally better results. And so that's one of the things that we've kind of seen. So a good example of this might be um, if you're trying to teach a teenager how to drive a car, if the teenager just attends a series of webinars or just a series of Zoom classes about how to drive, that teenager is most likely going to be terrified when they enter the on-ramp and go on the, on the freeway. But if, the, if, the, if, the, if it's a person that's been driving for 10 years without an accident and that person maybe gets a speeding ticket and has to attend a, a, um, an, an online safety course, then that content is likely to be fairly helpful because the comfort level is already there. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're determining what to deliver on a, on a virtual basis. Now, so here are some common situations where like a webinar or a live meeting can can absolutely just save you time and be extremely helpful. Um, it's it, the most effective way that I've seen it in the past is as a follow up to in-person training. So if you start with an in-person seminar or workshop and then add online segments, that um, that increases retention pretty dramatically. It's also good to be used if you're if you're doing a fine tuning process. So. Um, if the audience is already skilled, so like for instance, um, many sales teams are, are logistically spread out into into different territories. So it can be very cost effective to use a webinar to help them fine tune the selling process because they're already familiar with the process. We just want to fine tune it so we get higher sales. Another example would be like a surgical procedure that's been improved. I mean, the surgeons have already been through medical school. They've already spent years and years and years training. So if we, we can use a, we can use virtual training as a way to um, quickly show these already skilled surgeons a variation to a procedure that they already know and show how to improve it. So they can, um, a, a top surgeon can, can quickly show hundreds or thousands of other surgeons around the world what they're doing, and it saves a lot of time. And and um, and can spread the word much more quickly. Uh, it can also be used. Another good technique or good way to to use online training is as an introduction to a new process in which the audience is going to receive additional training. So as an introduction. So we're not going to just give you the information and then throw you to the wolves. <laughs> so if a company is rolling out a new marketing campaign. A lot of times they can use um, a, a quick webinar or a, a quick online meeting to show all of their employees at once before they actually roll this thing out. Uh, then the marketing team can deliver additional information you know, by in-person meetings or at the individual offices and that kind of thing. In fact, we often use this technique before we do um, custom training for a company. So we'll start with an introductory webinar and then conduct the in-person training over time. And uh, and that works really really well. Um, you can also use another another variation would be to roll out updates to a current process or software. You know, if a software team has to attend some type of formal 
training program every time a, a new software update occurs, then it's going to be very impractical because they, those things happen sometimes every quarter or, or a couple times a year. So a short webinar can, that it can explain the benefits of the updates can be really helpful to the entire team, and, and it's logistically more feasible. So um, those are some things that we've kind of seen situations anyway where online or virtual training or webinars can be really, really helpful in saving time and getting information out to a larger group of people in a more efficient way. Um, now, you'll find experts, by the way, who teach skills like search engine optimization or social media best practices um, that that they'll often use webinars as a way to deliver that content. And the reason why they'll do that, even though it's much more difficult to learn that process on a, in a virtual technique or virtual way. Um, the, the technology is just changing so fast that webinars are often the best medium to deliver that kind of content because if um, it's, it's just more logistically feasible. So even though we may not be able to build the type of skill that we would if it was in person, it, um, you'll typically get a, um, a pretty good result uh, well, a better result anyway, just because the the content is changing so so quickly. Um, and now, of course, there are many other examples. That's just a few um, that that we've kind of come through there. But but um, the the real the key thing to remember is that implementation of the content of a webinar is a webinar or a, a live meeting is always much more difficult. It's going to be, they're, they're going to have, the implementation is going to be much less with an in-person delivery, uh, with a with a virtual delivery than you'll get with an in-person instructor or a coach, somebody that, that can walk, them, walk a person through it or a group of people through it step by step. So you want to use webinars to more fine-tune items versus creating, you know, shifts in culture. By the way, before I get too far along, one of the things I mentioned on the last episode was that we created a, a cheat sheet for how to create these live meetings or create the content and and design these live meetings or webinars and uh, you can get that we we put another um, uh, form that you can you can fill out on the notes for this this specific podcast that you can use to to access that so if you just go to fearlesspresentations.com just look at the most recent blog post and uh, it'll have an access a way that you can access that it's free and uh, all you have to do is just kind of fill out the form and we'll send that to you via email so you have it so now that we've covered uh, the different situations that webinars or live meetings can be very, very helpful for folks, um, let's let's go through how you actually create one of these things. How do you how do you create the content for a webinar or for an online meeting? And step number one is you want to keep the content short, and you got to keep it narrowly focused. You don't want to cover too much information if you're doing it in a in a live format or in a in an online format. So um, Cicero, as a quote from Cicero, he said, a good orator is pointed and impassioned, meaning that it's got to be focused. You got to be laser focused on one of these things. Uh, attention spans on a webinar or on a, a virtual meeting, especially if you've been through Zoom meetings, you know, at, at nauseum in the last few weeks, you, you'll kind of understand this. But the attention spans on one of these types of meetings is very, very short. So you have to keep the meeting length under 
an hour tops uh, to really keep your your audience engaged. In fact, we suggest about 30 minutes. That's often better than than an hour. Now, if you're doing a training program like one like we often do virtual training programs, typically on those maybe a half day or so, but you have to break it up. You have to break it into component parts of 30 to 45 minutes or maybe 30 minutes to an hour, take a break, come back to another 30 45 minutes take another break and and it typically works a little bit better if you kind of put it in short increments like that so just kind of keep that in mind you don't have to cover everything at once by the way the the major benefit of online meetings and webinars is that you can deliver that information in really bite-sized pieces that's one of the things we talked about last week the analogy i like to use is it's it's like sipping from a glass of wine versus drinking from a fire hose so if you deliver your content to your audience that they that they can benefit from immediately, then they'll enthusiastically return for additional content a week later or on the next the, the next time you're able to to do a meeting or something like that. So keep it focused. The second thing is that you have to make the content what what we call audience focused. So. Um, I mean, most of the time, the folks that are on these meetings are going to say, "What's in this for me?" You know. So before you start designing your content, you got to ask yourself, what information can I deliver that will have the absolute most impact, the best impact for this audience right now? So, and whatever the answer to that question is, should be the foundation of the meeting or the training session or whatever it is that you're designing. So a good, a good technique that you can use is to just brainstorm a list of answers to that question. And once you come up with, you know, six to 10 answers, just rank them in priority. So if you end up with 10 answers, you know, make, make, um, and you've listed them, you know, one to 10 in, in priority, you make meeting number one about three of those 10 things, or maybe four of those 10 things, max, maybe five. And then, um, you, and then if you have an additional meeting, you can cover another three or four or five. And if you have an additional meeting, you can cover another couple, that kind of thing. So you, you'll, you'll typically get a much better result if instead of covering all 10 things on one single session, breaking it up into, into component parts and it'll make it a little bit easier. Um, by the way, you, you want to start the process with the items that are most valuable to the audience. So if you've got 10 things, um, focus on the three most important things. And then, you know, that, that'll make, a, make, make it to where the people who are listening to you or watching you on the virtual meeting can go, oh, okay, that was valuable. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to come back again. So if you, if you put your least important things up front, they're going to go, eh, that was kind of a waste of time, right? So you got to be very careful about that. So step number three is now you have to put some meat on the bones. Now you've got your good outline. You've got your bullet points. Let's let's put some content in here that is going to make it impactful for folks. Uh, there was a, a Woodrow Wilson gave a, a, a quote once that's it's I mean, it's been quoted so many times. But he said, if it's a 10 minute speech, it takes me all of two weeks to prepare it. If it's a half hour speech, it takes me a week. <laughs> so so 10 minute speech, two weeks, half hour speech, a week. He said, if, if, uh, if, I can talk, uh, if, if I can talk as long as I want, it requires no preparation at all, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> so basically, the shorter your presentation is, the more prep time it typically takes for you. So um, you want to spend about, I would say about uh, five to ten minutes in your online meeting de developing each one of the, the items from your list. So basically, if you've got five bullet points that you're going to cover, five most important things that you're going to cover. I'd spend, you know, maybe five minutes on each one of those five points. If you've got three, you might spend up to 10 minutes on each. So that keeps you in that 30 minute 
range, that 30 minute time period range makes it easier for you to remember the content as well. So most of the time, by the way, I, I try to use at least one example or story from the quote unquote real world to develop my content. The, the They're more applicable to folks. So if all I'm doing is just reading a list of bullet points and then giving them data, it's going to be really boring, especially in an online format. But if I'm if I'm looking people into the eye, in the eye and I'm delivering a, a really quick example or story, a lot of times I can add some humor into my presentation. I make it more entertaining. They're more likely to want to pay attention to me. And that tends to work a whole lot better. Um, you can also use quotes if, if you can find an interesting quote from another expert or an analogy. Those things work really, really well. Statistics can also be a good option if you're trying to prove but prove your point. But a single statistic used in combination with an example or story works a whole lot better. So if you just stick the, the statistic in alone, it's kind of dry and boring. So it's 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 better to add a add a, a quick little example that reinforces that statistic. Um, so like, for instance, if, if I were going to do this in my own speech, like one of the, one of the statistics that people quote a lot is that they say that over 90% of the population has some type of public speaking fear. And so if I give them that statistic and then I tell a quick little story about some time that I had to get up in front of a group and I was nervous, that's going to be way more interesting than just hearing the statistic. And people are less likely now to be argumentative with my statistics as well, because the thing is, is that you can make statistics say whatever you want them to. And if all you're doing is just giving people a bunch of, of surveys or statistics or something like that, that's that's helpful but there'll be people in the audience that will go, eh, I'm not sure that's actually true. So you want to be very careful with that kind of stuff. So step number four is you want to make sure that you have a clear idea of what you want to say before you start creating your visual aids. Basically design your speech first, design your presentation first, and then start working on your visual aids. Just like in when I do in-person presentations, um, I, I want to figure out what I'm going to say first, then design my, my visual aids. And you should do that even more so in the virtual type thing. So the, the process is kind of similar to designing a movie or a, or a cartoon. You start with an idea and then you create like a storyboard for the idea, the outline, which is that's your, your main bullet points that we talked about earlier. And then when you start to design your script, you're, you're, you'll you kind of figure out what you want to say first. And then finally, after you have the script in a movie, that's when you create your, your visuals. That's when you actually start filming the movie. You don't start filming the movie before you kind of figure out what you want to say. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a bunch of hodgepodge stuff that doesn't really fit well together. I'll give you a good example of this, by the way. This is funny. Uh, when it, when when Fox first came out, Fox Broadcasting, you know, it's a real you know prominent channel now on TV. But back when I was a kid, it was brand new. It was ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS in some cases. But for the most part, there was that was it. There was the, the three main stations, and then Fox comes on. And in the beginning, uh, Fox didn't have a whole lot of content. There weren't a whole lot of shows. And so when it came on, because it was new, my little brother and I, because we were kids, we would um, we'd we'd come home because they were there was always they were always showing reruns of old shows. Um, so there was like <laughs> the Partridge Family and Green Acres reruns and stuff like that. I mean, it was most of it's unwatchable, but heck, we were like nine or ten, so it was really entertaining for us. Um, but there was there was a show that came on a, a cartoon that we started watching because it was just so odd and then it just became funny to watch. It was called Speed Racer. I don't know if you've ever seen this this 
silly cartoon, but uh, but it, it was on like every Saturday morning, and we'd kind of watch it. Now, so the, just so you know, the, the the story behind this cartoon was that it was about this 18-year-old race car driver who seems to get in all kinds of trouble. And the funny thing about the show was that it was actually a Japanese cartoon that was dubbed in English. So the dialogue, this is what made it funny, was that the dialogue was really strange. There were there were constant audible gasps from the people and the, the, from the characters because they were trying to make the voices match the animation. <gasps> you know, all the kinds of, it was just weird. It was really, really strange to watch. And it was, it's very easy to see that the, the, the visuals um, that were created first, like the cartoon was created first and then the sound was added later. And it was very difficult for the person to speak. The person who was dubbing the content is very difficult for that person to speak in a way to match up with the, the visual, with the cartoon. And, and that's really what happens when you start to design your visual aids first. So a lot of times the big mistake that a lot of people will make when they're designing, this is not just webinars or, or online meetings, it's basically just meetings in general, is they start with their PowerPoint slideshow or they start with their visual aids. And it makes it much more difficult to match up what you're going to say and that's where people kind of freeze up and they, they get to a bullet point and they go oh man what was I going to say about that that's where you kind of lose your train of thought so that those if you if you create your presentation first what you want to say in this in this this uh, virtual presentation and then work on your visual aids it works a whole lot better um, and and by the way this is the same tip that we give people who are creating in-person speeches it's it but it's even more important on webinars or online meetings because when you're when you're the speaker in a in a meeting room as you speak your audience is actually looking at you but when you deliver like especially a webinar not as much in the the virtual meetings you know like zoom meetings and stuff like that but on a webinar especially the visual aids are the center of attention and if you're using your screen share on zoom or something like that it's the same as well so just kind of keep that in mind do do your speech first and then work on your visual aids now tip number 5 or step number 5 is that once you've kind of designed your speech, you want to spend more time and effort on those webinar visuals or on those visual aids. And the reason why you want to do that is because a lot of times that may be all that they're seeing throughout most of that presentation. Hey, by the way, um, if you haven't listened to or read, um, if you haven't listened to the podcast or read the blog post about how to create handouts, uh, I cover a lot of tips about how to create professional looking graphics and handouts with without having to have a graphic designer um, and so you can you can look through the uh, the podcast and, and find that or look through the the blog post and see that fairly easily but I spent a lot of time talking about two tools on on that particular episode one was canva and one was shutterstock um, on shutterstock you can purchase royalty free photos that um, they, it's very small fee they're they're fairly inexpensive compared to professional photos that you get somewhere else. And then Canva is a free tool. Canva um, helps you take those photos and turn them into fantastic graphics that you can use for your, your, um, your visual light. So um, I would encourage you to, to use either or both of those things. But when I create slides for in-person meetings, I typically use fewer pictures because if I'm, if I'm teaching online though, uh, or if I'm leading a webinar, especially my slides are, much more visual. So I'm, I'm using way more images. In fact, most of the time I'm often just going to put a single bullet point or a main idea on each one of my slides. 
and then I'll create an image for every supporting piece of the content that I add. So if I tell a story, instead of um, instead of just putting the just telling the story, a lot of times I'll put an image of that's related to that story that I'm telling. Or if I'm using an analogy, I might use an image that of that analogy. And, and that's that's quite a bit different than what I do when I'm doing in-person meetings. But on on these virtual meetings, it's it's much more important to do that. For instance. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I mentioned a few minutes ago, I was talking about Speed Racer. If, and if I told a story about that um, in person, I'd just tell the story and I would use my physical movements to, to as my visual aid. I wouldn't actually show a picture of Speed Racer on my screen. But if I'm trying to get the, I'm, what I'm trying to do anyway is I'm trying to get the audience to picture in their head me as a kid sitting in front of my TV. And it's easier for me to do that verbally if I'm in person. But if, if I'm leading a, a webinar, if I'm on a Zoom meeting, I can't really do that. I, I can do it better on a Zoom meeting, but it's not as easy on a webinar. So I'd, I'd click a button on my keyboard and an image of the cartoon character would appear. And um, and if I were to draw an analogy that a webinar is similar to making an animated cartoon, like I did earlier a few minutes ago, I might show an image of a of a sample storyboard and then switch to an actor with headphones in in front of a microphone and then end with a cartoon character. So I would make the the delivery much more image oriented. Again, in person meetings don't do that. <laughs> don't do those kind of things. Webinars or online meetings, critical to do that. So totally different delivery style on the online meetings. So um, the important thing about visual aids is that people will lose interest quickly if the presenter isn't engaging with them consistently. So your images help you create that engagement. It makes it more, it makes it easier for you to do that anyway. Um, by the way, if you want uh, additional information about how to do this, one of the very early podcasts, it's going to be way back, it was probably in the top 10 of the first 10 podcasts, I, I interviewed a guy named Eric Molin, who is, he's actually our fearless presentations instructor in, in Europe. He does all of our classes in, in uh, the UK and Ireland and Austria and France and that kind of thing. But um, he gave a speech about speak or his, his the the podcast that he did with me he talked about speaking to an international audience and he used this same technique or very similar tech in any technique anyway when he was speaking to international audiences so that people wouldn't have to translate so he used more images in his delivery uh, verbally and in, in in person than he than he did um when uh, um than what i would typically do so just kind of keep that in mind anyway so hopefully those are some helpful skills for you or helpful things that you can do to make your webinars or online meetings more effective. And next week, we're going to kind of cover the technical aspect. How do you, you know, which, which one, which type of, of um, software do I like to use? Um, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's Zoom. <laughs> I'm like a big Zoom fan already all of a sudden because of the, the technical aspects of things that have changed. But we'll go over some of that next week. We'll tell you some of the things that Zoom is doing that is kind of revolutionizing things. Um, but there are other ones. Um, uh, Microsoft Teams is, man, they are coming on strong. They're really good as well. Uh, and and some of the other online platforms that um, that, that are doing things so much better now than what we've ever done in the past. Um, it's just, it's it just, it's an incredible time to be a a professional speaker because the uh, the technology that's out there is just so 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 helpful in getting the word spread. So anyway, so we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 